Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most electrifying podcast in sports entertainment. Welcome to FFC. I am your cordial host, Ryan Doyle. Damien is absent once again, but that's okay. He's taking his lovely wife out shopping in the new crime-free area of New York City. That's right, folks. Uh, the red wave did not happen, so crime is now legal, and Damien is now taking anywheres that he wants from uh, the great store of New York City Macy's. So, Damien, have fun grabbing free stuff, uh, just as this country intended. But I am not alone tonight. Nay, folks, I am with the legendary host of All Gas, No Breaks. I'm here with the esteemed Mr. Christopher Hecker. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Um, excited to uh, excited to be on FFC. Uh, I know we did like a crossover episode like a few years ago. Uh, That's right. When the XFL was a thing, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was very short lived. So I'm excited to be back to uh, get into whatever we're getting into. Yes, at the time of that recording, we uh, we did not realize the downfall of uh, XFL 2.0. It was not Vince's fault. It was due to the China virus. So, uh, you know, it was going, it wasn't that bad, you know. I think it was hitting in the markets that it was supposed to hit. Like, I think Seattle was having a good time. Uh, St. Louis, I think, was the most successful because uh, Stan Kroenke is a fucking piece of shit and stole the team away from St. Louis. So they're, they're very hungry for a... Uh, a football team there. Hey, the Rocks bring it back for 3.0, so let's see go. what happens. Let's go. It's more football, right? Yeah, I think um yeah, I think Anthony Becht is coaching one of those teams. I think oh, he's no coaching way. like I think he's coaching like unless that was for the USFL. I'm getting all these other football leagues <laughs> mixed up now. The but I know Anthony Becht is or was coaching a um professional not NFL football team. All right. Well, whatever team He's leading. We'll root for. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm going with. It is nice to see like some of the XFL people like actually doing some work in the NFL. Like the, uh, yeah. the PJ Walker, uh, the PJ Walker resurgence for like a week was that was cool. It was cool to see him like actually do good. And he, I think he, uh, he owns he owns the title of throw of the year so far. There we go. Okay, so hopefully he can hang on to that, and that will be his one shining moment. And yeah, uh, Josh Johnson, if I'm correct as well, was an XFL guy. I think so. Jets legend Josh Johnson. <laughs> yeah, but the Mike White game became the Josh Johnson game last year. That's true against that, the Colts. That Thursday night game. <laughs> anyway, so as you are familiar, uh, we will start off the episode with what is your beverage of choice tonight, my friend? Uh, so I am drinking... Um, it's called, uh, this beverage is called Exoplanet. I don't know. Are you recording the video or just the audio? Oh, we're recording both. We'll use the audio, but go ahead. Cool. It's a very nice uh, can. Cool. Well, yeah, uh, bad radio here. Uh, so this is called a uh, Exoplanet. It's made by Brew Gentleman, which is a uh, local brewery in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's a double IPA made with a blend of American hops, uh, 8.5 uh, alcohol percentage. Um, I was at the beer distributor today. I was like, I got to get something cool for my FFC appearance. 
um i was like wandering around i was wandering around like a kid in the candy store for like a, a little bit and then um and then i saw they had like a like a local fridge or whatever just for like um like local pittsburgh stuff so i was like oh let's see what's here um i was about to get something else and then i saw that this was called exoplanet and i was like well i gotta get this uh shout out to the contortionist hell yeah man there you go uh what's your favorite uh brewery there in pittsburgh um it's a good question i would say uh probably have to go uh and i don't i don't think it's exclusive to pittsburgh but uh there is a southern tier brewery uh in pittsburgh like right by uh like right by pnc park nice um so it's cool to go it's cool to go there um you know before or after a pirate's loss um (laughs) there's uh there is this one bar it's not really a brewery but there's a bar like across the street from pnc park called uh mike's bar and they have like they have like a ridiculous amount of different beers i think they have like hundreds of different beers on tap there uh sick so that place is cool too Nice man. Um, East End is pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I need to get some more breweries out here. Uh, Grist House, Grist House is a good one. Uh, shout outs to Millville. Millville Dales, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the wrestling of the wrestling event of uh, the year. The the only real wrestling event I've actually been to. It's Millville Days. <laughs> it's all you need, right? Yep. <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, I am at the Doyle Family Palatial Estate tonight. And I did have a beer on hand, uh, as Damien would say, we have a Doyle oopsie moment. Uh, so I don't have it with me, but what I was going to rep tonight is uh, Lost Farmer Brewery out in Mineola. They have a collaboration with our New York Islanders, and it is called, uh, it is called, fuck, I forget, it, uh, Stable Shaker. There we go. Stable Shaker. Yeah, I was gonna say either that or uh, or Barn Rocker. Barn Rocker is the OG and forever will be the OG Islanders beer uh, from Oyster Bay Brewing Company. But Stable Shaker is great. You can find it at the UBS Arena. Uh, nice style American lager goes down smooth, just like the New York Islanders currently. That's so, right. But I do have a drink on hand. Oh shit! I <laughs> I have Polar Seltzer, baby, classic limon, and uh, let's cheers real quick. There we go, brother. Cheers. So, Chris, we have a uh, very eventful week on our hands. We have our New York football Jets currently sitting in a very, very excellent spot in the halfway through, if you could believe it or not, the NFL season. Uh, our New York Islanders are kicking ass. But one victory I want to bring up tonight uh happened in the senate and that is of course talking about king john fetterman won his election despite all the negativity that came across him he defeated dr oz pretty handily i'm pretty sure that is confirmed as of today and uh mr fetterman will be the first member of the u.s senate to wear uh, and one shorts on the Senate floor. So we're very psyched about that. Season. Hoodie and short season, invest in Carhartt stock because he is going to take it to the moon, baby. Uh, and Dr. Oz, I just have one thing to say to you on behalf of everybody in Pennsylvania. That's right, cocksucker. Go back to New Jersey. Bill, what are you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Doctor Oz is a, a massive bozo. Um, you know, I was uh, I watched the uh, the debate that everyone mm-hmm. started like freaking out about. Right. Um, and I mean, I don't know. Like it, it was. I, like, I won't lie. It was. It was kind of hard to watch. And uh, at that point, I was like, man, like, uh, like it doesn't matter to me that like you know, that Fetterman was like struggling and kind of like stuttering a bit with his words, but like right. that could matter to a lot of people that may, uh, you know, that may not uh, really have a strong allegiance either way and might be like undecided. I was kind of worried that that debate might be like a bad showing for him and could have been bad news, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad Fetterman was able to uh, be, be the based King that he is and, and push through it and come out on top and uh you know definitely better than you know what whatever the uh alternative would have been with dr oz and uh his whatever uh you know human rights such as body autonomy that he would have uh inevitably tried to attack um my hope my hope now is like i'm hoping like with fetterman in the senate um i, I feel like he ran a pretty inspiring campaign um, and you know, like he's pretty like, um, you know, like he's pretty like based as the kids would say, but I think that, uh, I just hope he doesn't like just turn into like another, like, uh, you know, establishment Democrat when he actually like, gets into office. But, but again, whatever, whatever he is, uh, it surely will be better than whatever Dr. Oz would have been. Yeah. You know, I watched the debate too. It was a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, the guy had a stroke and you know. Should that disqualify you from office? If you're, if listen, if you have a team of physicians behind you saying that you're able to do it, he's working hard on his speech therapy. It's going to take some moment to come back from that shit. And especially, uh, you know, somebody that, that has dealt with friends and family, like you can't, like they shouldn't be shut out of society just because they're recovering from a stroke. But no. it was funny too, because everybody was ready to write him off after that moment. And it's funny because I talked to you about it and then like it just seemed everybody in Pennsylvania was like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. Yeah. And it's just it's just the audacity of, you know, the GOP to to run somebody not from Pennsylvania to against him as if he was going to lose. Because he, you could tell it, it doesn't even matter what what side you're on. Uh, he's going to he cares about the people of Pennsylvania. The guy has uh, murder victims from his uh, hometown of Braddock. Uh, written yeah, on his yeah, wrist like uh... this guy can't get more genuine but i'm very happy to see that uh dr oz blown the fuck out goodbye go have fun yeah, I, don't, I didn't even see what the final uh results were to be honest like i know he won but like when i was like checking on uh when i was checking on it last night like i think the vote was like two-thirds of the way through being counted and it looked like it was neck and neck so i guess uh i guess like the philly votes just like didn't come through yet yeah, pretty much like the, the big city votes because of all the dumps that, you know, Democrats do at the last moment. Right. Uh, <laughs> they're Great usually counted last. Um, but not only that, he he like in Scranton, for example, he outperformed Biden there. So it was a very good. Sh- it was a very good sign. It wasn't like a giant blow up, but I think it was like 52, 48, which is better than expected, I would say. So hats yeah, off. yeah, I was seeing that he like um, out uh, that like he was outdoing Biden yeah. in certain uh certain places it's a little surprising that like he had like a better it's a little surprising that he had like a better turnout for himself than like mm-hmm. for a presidential election um but uh you know i guess 
I, I guess, uh, you know, I, I guess that's like a good thing, though, because I mean, it's it's good that people are showing up for the other elections that are also very important. You know what? I would say it's even more important because, you know, you really have to pay attention to what's going on in your state because that's pretty much the only thing that you can change in this country, at least, you know, in terms of direction of what you want, because uh, like I would say a large percentage of things happens as a result of uh, of your state. So. Um, yeah yeah that's facts and especially like with pennsylvania being like such a the the swing state that it is or such like a such a vital state mm -hmm. in the whole like process of how the government works and like which you know which house or which senate like which side is going to have control um so yeah no it was it was definitely good to see that um you know that people showed up and showed out to uh to back um to back base fetterman Let's go. That's right. Let's go. Do us proud, John. If there was definitely a wrestlers to senators, uh, we would stand for you and not for fucking not base Kane down in fucking Knoxville. <laughs> uh, in my home state, in your home state of New York, uh, crime was legalized. Kathy Hochul won her state against uh, uh, little chud fucking Lee Zeldin. We did not have enough flags, folks. There were not enough flags flying, flown fly high for this guy. So you let down Lee. I hope you know that. Damn. Another, an, another L for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a shame. And now all the, I, I saw your, uh, I, I saw your, in, the uh, thing you sent me on Instagram, all the, all the flags are gone now. They're gone. I mean, I'm sure they'll, 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 they'll be turn back, back up. They'll be back tomorrow. Probably. We'll see. But, you know, hopefully there's it's more daylight savings time. So, like, they're, uh, you know, they probably thought when it got dark, they probably thought it was like nine o'clock instead of like five o'clock. And they're probably like, all right, time to pack it in. They have to save the flag energy, brother. Yeah. Anywho, that's it. I just wanted to talk about Federer because Hecker is actually his representative. So, uh, that's right. Anywho. Let's move on to more important topics here. And that yes. is, of course, our New York Jets, baby. Now, the Jets are coming in six and three at the bye week. Uh, I cannot personally attest to the last time that I felt this good about the Jets in a bye week. I could, of course, say the Rex Ryan days, but hell, I think like there was definitely one season where we were. 500 or something like that it wasn't going good there was that one season where we only got into the playoffs to begin with because uh peyton manning sat and like five other teams lost that day was that the first was that 09 was that 2000 yeah that was 09 i think yeah that was 09 and if uh if my memory serves me correctly i think we were four and five at the bye week that right. year i think we had just i think we had just lost a game to the patriots Okay. Uh, in New England and then went into our bye at four and five. And I think I remember, uh, I think I remember like, like posting a Facebook status being like, Oh, well th that's the end of the season. Uh, all hope is lost. But, um, and like this year it's funny. Cause like we would, I think if you, if before the season started, I think if, uh, if uh, you know, if, if you would have told, if anyone would have told us, um, you know, that the jets would be four and five at the bye. Uh, this year, like I think we'd both probably sign up for that, like all things considered. Oh yeah, um, but Absolutely. to be to be six and three and coming off uh, coming off beating the Buffalo Bills, who are the um, you know uh, who at least they were the Super Bowl favorites. Um, I think they still might be unless the Eagles have overtaken them in that in that regard. But um, I mean, the Bills have been the Super Bowl favorites all year 
Um, and that's like, you know, and that's not by accident. And I don't, I don't think the Jets beating them was was really an accident either. I think, uh, I think they came up with a really good game plan defensively, and um, offensively. I think, like you know, I think that when uh, when Brees Hall first got hurt uh, in the Denver game, you know, you saw the offense struggle for a little while. But I think they've been starting to figure out like how to make the thing go without Brees and like how to you know, how they're going to split up the carries between Michael Carter and James Robinson. And you're you're also seeing Garrett Wilson kind of become more of like the, the pulse of the offense. So, um, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, very, very exciting times in Jetland. It's uh, it's it's good to see the, them finally, you know, them. It's, it, it's good to see them finally like draft some players that you feel good about. And all, but not only you feel good about those players, like when they were drafted, but like you're seeing immediate return on investment, like with sauce uh jermaine johnson has three sacks uh you know garrett wilson already has two pepsi rookie of the week belts um by the way make sure you go vote for sauce gardener um for rookie of the week um we need to keep that we need to keep that belt in florham park and never let it leave that's right baby i'm sure woody is already out there voting for pepsi of the week letting us know what colors we're going to wear this week i'm sure it's going to be black and white I think we have to wear the white and black for the rest of the season. Yeah, Woody. Woody's probably Woody's probably campaigning harder for this uh, sauce belt than he was for Doctor Oz. <laughs> oh man, that's so true. <laughs> but hey, listen, you know it, it's been great so far. I think the beginning of the season, uh, I believe you said eight wins. I might have said anywhere between seven and nine. No matter how you split it, we're already over in Vegas. I think Vegas had us at five and a half, so yep, we're already I, over uh, that. Cash that. <laughs> Cash that check, baby. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's great. When you say, you know, me and you could have easily said eight or nine wins at the beginning of the season. And it's kind of weird because you could say that, but it can go both ways, right? So nine wins would have obviously been a turnaround for the Jets. It would have been that everything is kind of clicking or we're kind of getting there. But at the same time, it's like, okay, how did we get to those nine wins? Did we overperform at the beginning of the season and then lose out? Because I feel like if that happened, if we had like, I don't know, if we went five and one and then pretty much went four and uh, six for the rest of the year, uh, it would have been a failure. I think people wouldn't really have been down behind it. But no matter how, no matter how much you cut it, especially with all the injuries that we have, uh, the O line just being pretty much decimated with the loss of ABT, you know we're doing we're we're pretty fucking good. I like you know I, my I went to the Patriots game. It, we should have won that game, but we didn't at the end of the day. And I don't think anybody really had us pegged to beat the Bills, but because our defense is cooking in such a manner, like this is what's going to carry us. And that brings yeah. in. Sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just uh I kind of forget what I was going to say. No, I was going to say um fuck. No, just just uh or no, I was going to say no, I actually no, I remember what I was going to say now. Um you brought up the injuries uh so PSA to uh fans of other teams, stop using injuries as an excuse for losing to the Jets. Yeah, like uh, dude, I'm, who cares? It doesn't like, matter. <laughs> like uh, you know, the, the like even Buffalo fans like were like before before the game, Buffalo fans and even just not even buff, just Buffalo fans, but even just like NFL fans and like people I talked to were just like, oh, yeah, like the Bills are going to beat you by 20 today. 
And I was like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. And I even mentioned like how uh, Jordan Poyer was out of that game, mm-hmm. uh, Micah Hyde and um, Matt Milano. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that doesn't matter. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Bills fans were like echoing that sentiment too. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're still going to like mop the floor with you guys. And then, you know, after the game's over, the Jets win. It's like, oh, well, the injuries and or like same thing with the Dolphins game. Like, uh, yeah, Tua was out. Like, I'll give you that. Um, and I'll give you that, you know, you didn't think Skylar Thompson was going to be playing that game, but you knew you knew you weren't going to have Tua and you still thought you were going to win. So like the whole revisionist history and like moving the goalposts to like, you know, pre-qualify these wins or whatever is just lame and corny. Dude, I want to hear it. Come on. You like, yeah. sure. You know what? No the... team has had worse injury luck than the Jets for the yeah. past, like critical forever. players, and... not just, you know, standard guys in the old line, like captains of the offense went down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the last time the Jets had a full season where their quarterback stayed healthy. Yeah, well, knock not, on wood. not that their quarterbacks have been any good, really. Um, but still, like, that matters. Uh, def- definitely. So, um, you know, for and, – and, like, you know, with all the injury woes the Jets have had over the years, no one, no one ever used that as an excuse for the Jets. It was just like – No. It would just be like, oh, well, it's the Jets. They yeah. suck. And, uh, you know, or if, or on top of that, like they should have built their team better to have more depth to uh, to withstand those injuries because it's part of the game, which which is true. So, like, keep that same energy. Yeah, that's true, man. And you know what? Like, I don't want to hear, especially against the Bills. It was Josh Allen. You had Stephon Diggs out there. You had Gabe Davis out there. You had both running backs plus the newly acquired Naeem Hines. They should have won that game. All right. But it just yeah. goes to show how good this defense is. Hey, I mean, like, we still have the rest of the season to play, but this is probably, like, the best defense that I've seen. And listen, I, that's that's saying a lot with uh, with the Revis-led defense and maybe some of the defenses from the 90s. But you remember some of those defensive games from back in, like, 09 and 10, dude, where they would have the lead the entire game and they would just blow it, you know? Yeah. Cromartie, no, Cromartie was a good partner for for Revis, but then otherwise you had Kyle Wilson or like I don't know who was another like forgotten cornerback of like the early 2010s. <laughs> Dean Milliner. Dean Miller, yeah, dude. I mean, like he never really had a number one. He never really had like a number two partner to like lead up with there. Well, Dean Milliner replaced Revis, so right? I guess right. That's... Um, but yeah, and I I can't even remember who. I think like Donald Strickland was like the other quarterback <laughs> before they got uh, Cromartie. Yeah, um, but I would actually. Um, I'm glad you said like this is the best defense you've ever seen because I would actually agree with you on that. Um, as good as those Rex Ryan led defenses were back in the day, um, the one thing those defenses never really had was a pass rush. Um, like these, uh, like this, uh, this defense that um, you know Joe Douglas and Robert Sala put together. Um, they're very. They have a very good pass rush, and they're very good at. They're very good at getting to the quarterback without blitzing. I saw a stat from the uh, I saw a stat from the Bills game where they only blitz like I forget what the exact percentage was, but I'm pretty sure it was like 20 percent or they, they blitzed on like 20 percent or less of the plays. Um, and they still sacked Josh Allen like a bunch of times. And of course, Bryce Huff had that, uh, you know, that that huge sack fumble at the end of the game to pretty much uh, like put getting a first down basically out of reach also um that uh that uh last play that was not dpi on sauce i don't care 
Uh, if anything, it was OPI on Gabe Davis, but really they were just hand fighting the whole way. And, uh, you know, there's no reason to really throw a flag to bail out a team making a desperation no. throw on fourth and 21. Uh, that ball still was like in the bread basket for Gabe Davis to catch. And he just didn't do it. Like sauce didn't stop him from catching it nope. illegally. That's the great thing about sauce too, man. Like he's not a lockdown corner as Rebus is, but like he could just hang with anybody. And, uh, and obviously the, yeah. the, the touchdown streak was going to come to an end. But I mean, aside from that, man, look at the, look at the litany of wide receivers he's faced so far. Like all, all fucking pro players that he's faced so far. Not only that, he's held them to like four receptions and like 28 yards or something ridiculous like that. Uh, let's give a shout out to DJ Reed. Oh, uh, absolutely. If Sauce is the number one cornerback, DJ Reed is definitely top five. What, a, what an acquisition from uh, the front office there. And not only that, he has other line mates up there too with Whitehead. And, you know, it, it's a great Michael Carter too. Michael Carter too. We got, uh, and of course, like, you know, having Carl Lawson back and Mosley back this year has just been awesome. You know, Mosley's getting up there. I, I think, you know, he was a uh, McCagnan holdover. So I don't think we probably expected him to be back, to still be with the team at this point. But he is very, very important to that, to that defense. And of course, got to give a shout out to uh, Bless Me Thank you, uh to Quinn Williams running for Defensive Player of the Year. And I'm glad you brought up the sacks too, man, because it's insane how many sacks this team is getting. Even against the Patriots, they had like six sacks that game. I picked up Jets defense after the Green Bay game, and they've just been paying dividends for me so far. That's um, yeah, that's a pretty good pickup. Um, and really, Sauce. I mean, I would say he. Or well, um, one thing I wanted to bring up. You said that the touchdown, uh, the no touchdown streak ended. Um, are you referring to the um, are you referring to that touchdown um, in the Patriots game? Right. So that was Kobe debated. Myers. So was that I I could have sworn he he, he might have well, given up one against the Broncos, too, if I'm correct, because I know there's one that is an official thought, touchdown that was challenged. But I thought there was one that he was it happened to him. I thought the touchdown, um, I thought the touchdown, uh, my memory is a little fuzzy, but I thought the touchdown in the Broncos game, I thought that that was, that was a rushing touchdown, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I didn't think he gave one up in the Broncos game. And as far as the one, uh, as far as that Jacoby Myers touchdown, I don't know if I really count that either. Cause number one, a clear, clear OPI on that, um, like should have been called should have been called like a holding or, or an or an offensive pass interference. Number two, I think Sauce even said himself because like I guess PFF those nerds over there uh, who have been at war with Jets Twitter all year, um, or really I should say Jets Twitter has been at war with them. But uh, I think PFF like credited it as a uh, touchdown against Sauce, but. Um, Sauce, I think Sauce even came out himself and said, like, like that's not really fair because he was coming off of his – he was, like, coming off of his guy to, like, help on that play. Yeah, so, okay, so fake news. Uh, yeah, Sauce Gardner has yeah, not no given up any touchdowns. He's never, never going to give up a touchdown in his life. But, hey, other than that, it's been going well. But there is one person I wanted to address, and, of course, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, and that is Mr. Milf Hunter, Zach Wilson. Now, yeah, here's the thing, in my opinion, about Zach is that I don't think many Jets fans are clamoring for this guy. 
So when you have a situation like that where, you know, they were really high on him, I think me and you were both skeptical just for the sore fact that, you know, and nothing against BYU. It's just that with smaller schools like that, I mean, look at the look at the teams that he was facing. Of course, he's going to I would hope he would go off on some of these teams. Right. Look, Zach Wilson has an arm. I don't I don't doubt that. I think we've seen that. The first time we saw that was against the Titans game. We've seen it in his uh, combine videos have this dude can fucking throw. Yeah. And, I'd like to add real quick. Um, yeah. I tried like so me and my buddies, we did a um we did our own combine this year before the draft. Uh-huh. We basically we did like uh basically we did like um a punt pass we did like punt pass kick and ran the 40. Um and uh, I tried for the throwing event. I the first throw I tried to do the Zach Wilson like uh pro day throw, like the off balance thing that he did mm-hmm. and uh I fell flat on my face and the ball traveled like 18 yards. Uh, that shit's extremely hard to do. Oh, yeah. No. But it go took on. Me, took me many years to figure out, oh, you have to spiral the ball. That's what the trick is. Oh, okay. That's why yeah, I was the lineman yeah, back you, in Oh, you got to set your feet. <laughs> but hey, listen, you know, we're six and three. Like, can, he's five and one isn't a starter. Can I complain about that? No. What I'm going to complain about is that. This like yes, there there have been Brad Johnsons, there have been Trent Dilfers, there have been Joe Flacco's that won. But the thing is that we didn't draft him to be a Trent Dilfer. We drafted him to be, you know, a top five quarterback in the league. And he definitely has the tools to get there. You know, I think the overall idea is that he wants that we want him to eventually be not Patrick Mahomes. He's never gonna be that, but we want him to fit that style of the new the new quarterback play in the new era of the NFL. But, you know, just what concerns me, and he's got, like, his... Here's the one thing that that really affirmed me about him is that when I see him in press conferences, and, yeah, you know, him going off to Simini, like, who cares about fucking Simini? Like, he doesn't care about stats. But yeah. he has the confidence that was missing in Darnold, where, like, you know, he's going to lose a game, and, you know, despite him, he may not, you know, completely turn it around in the next game but he has the confidence to at least address it and he has the confidence to at least try to make to try to correct his mistakes um yeah he had his best complete completion record after the patriots game uh against the bills this week you know it's just a little stupid shit like where um you have um conklin right in front of him and like he just throws the ball like i don't know what he's doing he finally ran this week michael fur finally uh, drew up some run plays for this guy because I think that's what was missing from his game. And I get it. He doesn't like he wants, I don't know if it's him playing hero ball, but I think that, you know, he really wants to try to make the play and that's fine, but just throw the ball away, dude. Like it's not going to help yeah. us if you're just going to stand there and get sacked. But here's what I want to ask you. Um, do you think so? A two parter here. Um, how do you think the rest of the season is going to go? Um, so the rest of the season, um, I mean, so like we were saying before, you know, um, we would have been happy to have four or five wins at at this stage of the season mm-hmm. um, just to be like in it. Um, but of course, we're, you know, we're overachieving now. And, um, you know, this is the uh, and, you know, we've gotten past the, uh, you know, the quote unquote difficult part of our schedule. This was the the part of our schedule that, you know, people refer to it as uh, a gauntlet. Um, I think Brady Quinn, uh, you know, we all have his receipts. Uh, he said we'd be one and eight or zero and nine at the bye week. 
Um, you know, so obviously, you know, we're, we're ahead of schedule here. Um, I think, you know, because they are a young team, they are so young and inexperienced. I think there, there might be a few hiccups. Um, they might even, I mean, like if we're being real, they've, uh, they've won a game. They've won a bunch of games this year that I feel like they weren't really supposed to. Um, and I think there's a, a good chance that they might lose some games in the latter half of the season mm-hmm. that they were supposed to win. Um, but overall, I mean, at this point now, um, you know, obviously, you know, if you tell me at, uh, you know, if you told me, I mean, shit, even if you told me we finished the season six and 11, I'd be like, oh, well, at least the Vegas total cleared. Uh, so at least <laughs> right. I won some money. That would have been like the bare minimum for me at this point now. Um, I'd be pretty disappointed if they didn't finish at least 10 and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 10 and seven is attainable. Cause I mean, really they just have to go. They really just have to go 500 the rest of the way. Um, which I think is possible. I mean, they got the, uh, I mean, they got the Patriots game after the bye in new England. Um, I know the jets are going to, you know, they're going to want revenge for that. Obviously they wanted, they wanted revenge coming into the last Patriots game um, for what happened last year when they right. threw up 50 on them and injured Zach Wilson. And they were still throwing goal balls when they had like 47 points in like the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, they're definitely pissed off about that. And, um, and yeah, you're right. We should have probably won the Patriots game. Uh, I think, you know, I think the JFM roughing the passer call, was the right call, but it was, but it was a weak call. It was a a little soft and a little ticky tacky. Um, It's hard for me to imagine that the jets would have got the same call if the shoe was on the other foot. Uh, Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But I mean, we got new England. I'm not feeling great about that game only because yes, we have two weeks to prepare, but so does bill Belichick. Um, So that, that, that worries me a little bit. Um, But you know, should be should still be like a good winnable game. Um, I think the Jets have finally, you know, the fact that the Jets have finally like figured out how to like play the teams in their division is a really good sign. Um, you know, then you after that you get like the Bears, um, who I mean, I wouldn't sleep on I wouldn't sleep on the Bears and Justin Fields. Definitely uh, doing our, better than what they were three weeks ago. I'll tell you that. Like, yeah. They're starting to click. I mean, I think our I think our defense could is still good enough to make Justin Fields look silly. Um, but I do worry a little bit that he might like start taking off and that he might like beat us with his legs. Um, That's going to be an issue. Yeah, yeah that 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 could be a big problem. Uh, Vikings after uh, I think that's a loss unless it gets flexed to Sunday night and we get uh, primetime pair cousins. I hope so. Um, which I, I that which that's what I'm hoping for. Like I see a lot of Jets fans on Twitter, you know, being like, "Oh, we got to flex this Patriots game to prime time." I'm good on that. I've had uh, maybe it's just because like of like you know too many uh, bad memories, but yeah. uh, I don't need I don't need to see the Patriots in prime time. I am mm-hmm. fine with that game staying at one o'clock. The game I want in prime time is the Vikings game. Um, you know, and then we got the bills in Buffalo. Um, you know, if, uh, if Josh Allen's arm doesn't fall off by then, you know, that's going to be another, another tough game. Um, you know, and then you got Detroit and, uh, Jacksonville, Seattle, which is, uh, you know, I think, I think in the beginning of the season, you know, Seattle was probably one of the games people circled as like kind of a sure win Mm -hmm. now. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, Geno Smith, the Geno, and I'm very much here for the Geno Smith resurgence. Uh, I am too, so man. 
it's good to it's it's great to see him uh you know it's all great, up it's to great Gino. to see him doing what he's doing yeah i never really had a problem with gino it was more so like just the overall atmosphere of the teams that he was on and you know he he obviously didn't get a fair deal but you know he also isn't the gino like the guy's been through some shit. I, you know, I don't, he's not the genie that he was 10 years ago. I'm like, dude, like there's no fucking way. Like even besides IK, uh, and Umapali fucking decking yeah. him in the fucking face. Like it, there's no way in hell, like this guy is going to stay on the team for 10 years. I mean, let's get real. So I'm just happy yeah. that he's flourishing in Seattle. They get to stick it to Russell Wilson. It wasn't all about him. And, you know, they're definitely a, a team. I mean, hell, they might win the division if San Francisco who is on fire or is about to be on fire with Christian McCafferty. Like they might win the division. It's very real possibility. And Gino's in the running for MVP dude. So I think we should definitely win all our home games. You know, I'll say one thing, the Vikings should beat us like that. That should be an L for us. But at the same time, if the, if the uh, commanders can put up 17 and going into the fourth on them, then I I think they are beatable. It's going to come down to Kirk cousins in that instance. Um, but yeah, I think I think eleven and six is very doable this year. But with that in mind, circling back to Zach Wilson, eleven and six. Let's say we make the playoffs, and just for the fuck of it, let's say we lose the wild card for this discussion. Do you give Zach a third year? Yeah, I think he'll get a third year. Um, I kind of think he's. I kind of think he was always going to get three years, unless he was like. Absolutely. The only way I thought he wouldn't get three years is if like he was absolutely terrible again this year and we were like picking top five again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I think uh, I think Zach gets a third year because I mean, like, realistically, what else are you going to do? I mean, you know, you're you're going to, you know, most likely we're going to be drafting in the 20s. So um, there's not really going to be like all the good quarterbacks should be gone by then. Uh, so and and I don't think like I don't think anyone's really interested in investing another first round pick in a quarterback. Like no, I think if you not. wanted like I think if you wanted to go the route of replacing Zach Wilson, you'd probably want to do it with a veteran. Um because I, I just I think the fan base and I'm sure the team, the the organization too, are probably like past the point of, you know, continuously like drafting quarterbacks and, you know, hoping something sticks. Uh so and really, I just realistically, I just don't see what the other option would be. I mean, like, I feel like like the Lamar Jackson stuff that has like a less than one percent chance of happening, I would say. Um, Only I, for the fact that he like, even if he gets. He still has one more year, he, he's going to get franchise tag regardless if they don't work out a deal and whether or not he wants to sit out is up to him. I think he deserves money. Uh, he He's really the powerhouse behind that offense. But regardless of that, he's not going to be on this team next year. So we can't punt another year just to get him. Um, do you want Derek Carr on this team? I sure don't fucking want Derek Carr on this team. I mean, like, respect, he does have an arm. I think he can manage an offense, but we're now on year eight of the Derek Carr ex- experience, and it's not going yeah. very well. Jimmy yeah, I mean, G. now he has Devontae Adams, who was like his Right, he has a better offense boy. than the Jets, arguably, right now, and they're about to be two and five, two and six. Yeah, I mean, come on. yeah, um... Yeah, I'm good on. Yeah, I think I'm good on that. Um, and then, I mean, like, pretty much those are the only, like, starting quarterbacks that could. Jimmy like, G, I, maybe. I think they're going to keep him next year, too. I don't think. They're uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think the 49ers will. Uh, yeah, I don't think the 49ers will get rid of Jimmy G. I think they um, 
I don't think they have any faith really in Trey Lance to number one, stay healthy. Number two, I don't think they really, I think that they maybe don't trust Trey Lance or, you know, I think maybe they, they'll never say it, but I I'm sure that there are probably some internal discussions like, Oh, did we like, did we get this right? Like we, we traded all this draft capital to move up to pick three we and like we knew that like they knew who they were getting pretty much because I mean they knew like it was a foregone conclusion Trevor and Zach would be gone so like they they knew they were getting whoever the next guy was so you know so they knew they were they had their eye on they must have had their eye on Trey Lance so um you know they'll never admit it but I'm sure they're probably having like internal discussions about how they may have gotten that wrong and how he may not be the guy um so I don't think they get rid of Jimmy G um, and I don't really see, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see realistically. I don't really see any other like big name quarterbacks being moved. I don't think it's going to be an off season like the off season we just had where like uh, you saw like Russell Wilson getting traded and like, and like Deshaun Watson and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like the only other options would be someone like a, like a Marcus Mariota or something like that. And uh, I don't, I like, I, I would be okay with bringing in someone like a Marcus Mariota or someone of that stature to compete with Zach. Um, you know, if he continues Fair. to struggle the way he is, I don't think he should just be handed the job next year. He should probably have like some legitimate competition. Uh, you know, Mike White was like, a, was fun and all, but uh, he's realistically like, he's not, He's not going to be that guy. People people forget like how oh, bad man. Mike White was Dude, in that Buffalo like eight, game. Eight, but then eight, eight interceptions in like six quarters, man. It was it was bad. Yeah. And like the the Bengals game was fun. It ejected life into this team that we didn't have for a couple of years. But he's not the guy. So I'm I'm glad at least Buffalo was able to to stop that discussion. No offense to him. I mean, if he's ready to go, he's re- he's always has his helmet on. I feel bad for the guy, but like that ain't it. But I think that's a fair discussion. I think. 11 and six, you know, again, I hope they go further. The coin is going to get us all the way to the AFC championship. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, we'll see. I think, I think that's a fair option to bring in somebody, but not necessarily hand Zach the job, but regardless, man, pretty feeling pretty fucking good right now, about the jets, and we have not been able to say that uh, in well over a decade. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, November 9th as we're recording this. Usually uh, usually this is like about the time where, you know, you start firing up the mock drafts and mm-hmm. um, Googling who is going to be a free agent next year and, you know, playing with whatever the foot, you know, cap friendly or whatever the football version of that is. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's nice to, um, you know, just be, you know, living like a regular NFL fan and just be living week to week and being excited, you know, for the next game. hundred percent. And, uh, you know, we do have another New York team. That's actually pretty good. And that's, uh, who sure is do. It? Uh, Oh, that's Yankees. right. Not the Yankees. Definitely not the fucking Yankees. <laughs> it's the New York Islanders, baby. Uh, against Colorado down three, one win that game five, three against the Calgary flames down three, one win that game four, three, down 3-1 in the third period against the motherfucking Rangers. Win that game 4-3. We are clicking, baby. What do you like so far about this team? Um, what I like about the Islanders is, um, you know, I mean, kind of you just described it, the way that they're actually able to come back and win these games. Because I feel like 
Um, you know, like I was, uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably feel the same way, but like, I, I, I was pretty pissed when, um, when we fired Barry Trotz, uh, did not understand the move at all. Definitely. Um, but, um, you know, at the same time, the, the whole system, the whole defensive system and structure that Barry Trotz was having them play, um, that shit had an ex, that shit has an expiration date. I didn't think we were there yet, but it definitely does have an expiration date. And it's got to be like mentally, like mentally exhausting for the players. Cause like, I feel like his system was so demanding for everyone to just like, everyone had to be doing their job perfectly at all times. And like, if one person mm-hmm. was like not at a hundred percent, then, uh, you know, the wheels would fall off pretty quickly. Uh, I, what I like with Lane, like with Lane Lambert, with Lane Lambert is, uh, that like, they still have that, um, you know, they like, cause he worked on their trots like forever, like, uh, with us and then also with, uh, the Capitals. So like, they still have the ability to like play Barry trots hockey, like if they get up into a lead, but I feel like his system allows them to like play a little more freely um and you know they're actually like fun to watch and i feel like um you know during barry the barry trotz years i feel like the biggest knock on the islanders was the whole uh the you know the all the analytics and stuff and all the charts and the graphs said that um what the islanders were doing was not sustainable and i mean to their credit they sustained that for three years but i feel like uh i feel like the way they're playing now i feel like i mean they are getting outshot a lot and they're getting bailed out by um by the by the god Ilya Sorokin quite a bit but um you know but the fact that they are uh you know able to do more offensively um you know the game's like not over if you go down by two goals they can you know they've proven able been able to come back from that I feel like in the past like once the Islanders go down two goals well uh it's gonna be you know it's pretty much like all right well we'll have fun you know have fun trying to dig yourself out of that hole with the way you play. But, you know, now that I feel like they're able to do that more, um, I think it's interesting that uh, like how much more involved the defensemen are getting involved in the offensive play. Like, I feel like you're seeing a lot of uh, defensemen like stepping up or even scoring. Like I like I've, I've been seeing defensemen scoring like the Anders Lee, like dirty goals in the crease. Oh, the garbage so, time. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Um, we have so, one of the best, defenses in the league right now i will be happy to say that romanoff is looking an absolute stud i'm glad we made that trade haters be damned so far dobson large son is being like replacing what devin taze is now doing work in uh in colorado he takes away that sting a little bit you know i think we all like the trade didn't work out whatever but dobson is becoming that high scoring you know sort of like mccarr-esque uh, type yeah. defenseman, that's great. Pulak and Pelic, nothing left to be said about them. Top top shutdown guys in the NHL. The defense has been great. And it's awesome when you don't have Methuselah and Father Time on the back end. So I think the age yeah. difference, the speed has gr- gotten great. Uh, and the offense, like you said, is just clicking. Like, listen, I love Barry Trotz to death. He brought light to this team in a time, and it was a very dark place with Tavares leaving. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, it was not easy to recover from, um, you know, and he, he, he's one of the most respected individuals in the NHL. I don't know what went down, you know, I know people are trying to apply some, some theories to it. Like he had some personal things going on and Lou Lamarell did him a favor by firing him. I listen, I think he just 
Lou was just like, we need a change and that's it. Like Lou's just that type of person. Like it, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, the same thing happened. To, like, did you think that after Trotz bought Washington a cup, like he would have been gone the next year? No, but no, you know, I think, I think it's a combination of Lou is that type of guy and Barry's that type of guy, you know, either he's yeah. waiting, he's waiting for the, the, uh, the Toronto job to open up or he's just waiting to get his uh, Nashville job back. You know, the OG coach of the predators. I could see him yeah. going back to that for sure. So, uh, Mad respect to Barry. I will always love that guy. I think Lane Lambert was on his way too to becoming an NHL coach. And he told Lou, he's like, Hey, you know, if uh, I'm going to leave at the end of the year, so whatever you want to do in that case. So I think it was necessary to hold on to him and look at the dividends that are, that are resulting from it. We have uh top five offense in the league. Uh, Barzell still waiting on a goal, but has like 15 assists or something like that. Something the Barzell perfect season. Going Zero goals, amazing. 82 assists. Lee is back. Lee is getting those garbage goals, baby. I love it. He yes. has eight, eight on the season right now. Brock Nelson should. Uh, Brock Vember. <laughs> Brock Vember. Brock. Sember. Brockuary. It's all Brock all year long, man. I think he's going to be able to duplicate or even maybe, maybe exceed his top uh, offensive output from last year. It, it's going really well. Sorokin, nothing left to be said about that. Varmoff, nothing left to be said about that. It's no longer one A one B between the both of them, but uh, I mean, shit. I think Varamov has a case to be the best backup, quote unquote, and in the NHL. So, yeah, yeah, no, he's still pretty damn good, um, especially for a backup. Um, you know, can't uh, you know can't complain about that being like your your goalie tandem. Um, they're definitely uh, worse problems to have, um, but. Yeah, no, I've I've heard a few different like kind of I guess theories about the whole Trots firing. Um, obviously, you know he went through a lot of personal shit last year with yep. his like mom passing away mm-hmm. and stuff, and maybe he just needed like a year off. Um, you know, I've also heard like that. I think because the decision didn't come right at the end of the season; it came like a week or two later. Um, I had also heard something about that. You know they didn't really uh like no one really thought anything until like Lou Lamorello started doing his exit interviews with the players and that's when you know it started to kind of I guess whatever he heard from those uh, interviews might have changed his mind on Barry Trotz um there's also you know also the fact that um, you know, Trotz was going into his last year of his contract and Lane Lambert is like this up and coming coach who is definitely going to get a head coaching opportunity somewhere. And as we know from uh, after the Washington won the cup, uh, Barry Trotz is a pretty tough negotiator when it comes to that. So maybe they just wanted to make it a situation where they didn't like, uh, you know, they didn't screw themselves out of Lambert and Trotz. And they just tried, then they just like pulled the plug a year early. Um, we'll never know, you know, we'll, we'll never know what really happened because Lou Lamorello doesn't tell anyone anything. He's, um, I, he bar- I think he barely knows how to operate a telephone. He's basically like a mob boss. Um, so we'll never really. You have to send hear. carrier pigeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll never really know what truly transpired, but um, either way, at this point, uh, definitely can't complain. Uh, like Lambert. Lambert's got this team clicking. Um, I was a little, at first I was a little worried. Like I thought like, oh, you know, he'll be a good coach, but I don't know if he'll be able to get as much out of them as Trotz was. But um, I mean, so far, absolutely, really no complaints. Um, Yeah. 
Definitely, uh, defense, all of it's clicking. I mean, um, I think the large son Romanov pairing has like really high potential to be like that, like Kel McCarr, Devontae's type of pairing um, where you just have like two defensemen who are just like lethal on the back end. So definitely. And uh, just want to give a, a quick shout out to Desmond at through the island who, who trademark large son. So I'm using it tonight, but. But anyway, yeah, yeah. That, that is where I stole that from. <laughs> we stole it. Sorry. Uh, but hey, listen, the season's still young. We have a lot to play, but we love what we see so far. And especially the manner that they won those comeback games, because you're very familiar back in the day. It was quite the opposite where we would go into the third period, three, nothing, four, nothing. And we would blow those fucking games. Yeah. So I think that is the number one best thing that you're seeing out of this team is those comeback wins. And of course, against the fucking Rangers, fuck the rags at home. Yeah. Sorokin yeah. is one seven and one against the Islanders. I think you cannot write a better script for that man. But yeah, no, and uh, I I will also um I will also piggyback uh through the island and say that uh Shesterkin is the third best Russian goalie in New York. That's fucking correct, baby. <laughs> I've been making that joke for a little while, but it's okay. They can have the clap. <laughs> let's get a let's get a Russian on Buffalo, man, so he can be the fourth best goalie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll just trade Varlamov there, uh, just uh, just for the hell of it. Um, I don't know who we could get from them or who they even have anymore. But yeah, that's the thing. You know, I think they're actually doing decent. Though they are doing least... decent, and it's good to see our boy Kyle Oposo wearing the C. I'm I'm glad he's he was able to overcome everything. You know, I think he had like a stroke. His eye was was. Uh, was not doing well, but I think he's getting back up there. And he's only, it's hard to believe he's only like, he's like our age. <laughs> he's been in the yeah. league for so long, but he's only like 32. So I, I'm very happy for that. And, you know, like, you know, I have no, I have no ill will towards Buffalo in terms of the Sabres. So, hey, you know, as long as they don't beat us, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Um, I mean, that was more, more or less just a joke as far as, uh, Making uh making Shesterka the fourth best Russian goalie in New York, but um <laughs> I guess it wouldn't really work because it's like a, a lateral movement of sorts. But um hey, either way, I mean uh either way, it's 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 nice to see the Buffalo Sabers not be utter trash for once, and um and I am also very happy for Kyle Poso um for everything that he's been through. Um, he deserves to be a captain of an NHL team somewhere, mm-hmm. more than uh more so than some other people. I'd that are so. also NHL captains somewhere. <laughs> well, Chris, we finally crossed the Rubicon here. We are a wrestling podcast after all, uh, just in case anybody that is still listening forgot. But you know what? We need some motherfucking sports to, you know, spice everything up. So why not? Right. But we do have some going ons. I don't know uh, how in tune you are with the wrestling world uh, last week. WWE had their very esteemed event in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I can't believe they're still doing these fucking shows, but they are. Whatever. Is Basically. that like the 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 big the big big Royal Rumble? Do they still do that? No, they don't Arabia? do that. They're not they're not getting uh, Yokozuna back from the dead just because uh, the Saudi king demanded it. Uh, did you yeah. see that? So the Saudi king did not realize that Yokozuna was dead, and they're like, "Hey, can you bring back Yokozuna?" and because Vince McMahon didn't want to be beheaded, he's like, "Yeah, sure." And he's like, "Pal, <laughs> pal, you gotta, you gotta get me some fat sumo guy from Japan. We'll, we'll just pass him off. It's all right." 
So they, yeah, they got some sumo guy, and they didn't call him Yokozuna, but they're like, yeah, there he is under a new name. But uh, yeah, no, now they just run like standard pay per views. Did, did the king buy it, or did he fall for it? Probably. Who knows? Who fucking knows? Whatever. Like yeah. Vince didn't die. So I, I mean, Vince McMahon's still alive, despite what uh, you know, despite the uh, things he's dealing with now, he is still alive. So yeah. I guess, I guess it, I guess it was good enough. Yeah, it's sports washing. It's fucking bullshit. I mean, we got fucking world cup coming from guitar whatever i don't know i guess fucking you could say the same thing about americans in some regards but anyway we had crown jewel from saudi arabia brock lesnar defeated bobby lashley damage control defeated alexa bliss and oscar to win the women's tag team championship you had drew mcintyre defeat carrying cross in a steel cage match you had judgment day beat the oc you had braun Strowman defeat omos Bray Wyatt came back. I don't know if you hear about the Bray Wyatt rumblings. Do you know about Bray Wyatt? Um, no, not really. Uh, I think you should educate me. I'm. Uh, He's like Spooky not... Undertaker. Oh, Spooky Undertaker. Okay. He'll come up in our discussion that we're going to have after this. But yeah, he's he's like Spooky Undertaker. He's more ethereal. He's not as like uh, gothic and evil as Undertaker was. Um, but he's very much uh, in the spirit of things. He's like a he's like a he's like a cult leader. That's a very very good way to put it. Kind of like has like that charisma about him. Uh, is able to speak very well in the microphone, and uh, he gathers followers in his movement. So what happened with him is that he started as, off as a cult leader. He eventually ascended into like this Cain mankind type character, very elaborate. It was awesome. It's called the Fiend. He wore a mask that was designed by Tom Zavini, who designed the. Uh, Michael Myers mask and very other horror mask. He designed Corey Taylor's mask and Slipknot. So there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of good movement behind that character, but because WWE is WWE, they fired him. And not only that, his old tag team partner in in um, Brody Lee died. So it was not a very good year for him. But now he came back. He came back to like one of the best uh, returns in WWE history. And now he's on his way. That's definitely one character that I would tell you to keep an eye out for moving forward would be Bray Wyatt. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean I like the I like his vibe. It sounds like he um it sounds it sounds like he's been doing a lot. So. Definitely, definitely. So then uh yeah, it's pretty exciting. Another action we had the Usos defeat the Brawling Brutes to get the tag team championship back. We had Bianca De- Belair defeat Bailey in a last woman standing match. And then, of course, we had Roman Reigns defeat Logan Paul. That's right, Chris. Logan Paul is now in the WWE. Whoa. Yeah, I, th- I feel like I kind of vaguely heard something about yeah. Logan Paul being in the WWE. And then I think I just like, I think I just like immediately tuned it out of my brain. Um, Here's the thing. Uh, what do you Logan Paul in that match? I'm gonna root for Roman Reigns, but I, I I will say this. I will say this. I would look up. Uh, so what was? Uh, let's get this out of the way. Logan Paul, absolute fucking chud. His brother Jake Paul, absolute fucking chud. Paying yeah. off these guys to fight. Like, come on. Like, you know what? I I will give Jake Paul in regards to his boxing career, quote unquote, so far. He is getting people watching boxing, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I won't lie. Like. 
he kind of got me to watch some boxing. Yeah, and like, you know what? If he's doing that, who cares, right? Yeah, like you know what I mean. A friend of mine messaged me and was like, "Oh, uh, it was like, oh, uh, you're gonna watch this Jake Paul fight?" I was like, "No, I wasn't going to," but like, um, you know, you kind of have me intrigued now. And I remember right. watching that when he fought Mayweather, and then uh, Mayweather knocked him out and had to hold him up uh, because <laughs> I had to make that TV money. <laughs> That's true, right? Um, but. Um, I was gonna ask you, um, because obviously I'm not, uh, I'm not super in tune with the wrestling world, but um, you know, I do hear things from, uh, I, I do hear, um, you know, things do slip through the cracks. So I, so I do hear some things about it, um, you know, through uh, my friends such as yourself and and, and others. Um, I heard that Roman Reigns has turned more into like one of the good guys in wrestling now. Like people, people actually like him now. Right. So you definitely watched during the era where like Vince McMahon is shoving, he was shoving every, he was shoving Roman Reigns down everybody's throat. He was winning belts in situation. He was beating people that he shouldn't have beaten at the time. And look, he, he was destined to be a great guy. It was just that everything was happening too soon. And, you know, right. you had people like Daniel Bryan that were on absolute fire and should have just continued that run, but they were losing in the name of to build this guy up. And, you know, he dealt with some personal issues. He had leukemia. Uh, his tag team, I mean, his his stable, one of them in uh, Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley now, he left. Uh, Seth Rollins became a full-time heel and did his own thing. So he was kind of like fledging for a couple of years, but now he's a heel. And not only is he a heel, he's like pretty much he crowned himself as like the king of the Samoan wrestlers. He calls himself the head of the table. He's in a group called the Bloodline with his cousins, the Usos, who are Rikishi's sons. And they also have uh, uh, they also have Rikishi's other son and Sokoa in his uh, <clears throat> in, in the stable as well. And they also have Sami Zayn. I don't know about Sami Zayn, but he's pretty much like. He loves Ska. He's a heel, but he loves Ska. And uh, Paul Heyman is also in the group, too. Automatically a villain if you like Ska. Right. But because <laughs> because Roman Reigns was able to turn heel, his mic work has just been absolutely phenomenal. And he's just he he has both heavyweight belts and he's just absolutely running shit currently. So, yes, Roman Reigns in 2022 is probably one of the best guys top three guys in all of wrestling right now i would make that argument well well i'll be damned um one thing i, mean, I wanted to circle back on though is that yes logan paul is a chud but the dude can actually work he, he's a really good wrestler he knows what he's doing he knows the product it's not like some celebrity coming into wrestle who doesn't like may like wrestling or is just there for the promotion but you could tell like he has an understanding of wrestling he grew up watching wrestling, so he knows, like, okay, if I'm, like, yeah. you know, he knows how to sell shit, too. He knows right. how to do great moves. He did one really cool thing where he was on, it's definitely on Twitter, if you want to look it up later on after the podcast, where he was on the top rope, and he had his phone like this, and he films him, like, doing an elbow off, which I thought was pretty cool. That's pretty sick. He blew out his knee in this match, so he lost against Roman Reigns. But, uh, hey, listen, you know. Again, if it's getting people to watch wrestling, can we really hate it? That choice is up to no. you. If Damien was here, he would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean I mean I can't hate it. Uh but no, that's um yeah, that, that was kind of the vibe I always got um when you were saying how like, you know, certain celebrities or people um come into uh you know, come into the wrestling world mm -hmm. and you know, they're not really uh 
they're not really like looking the part or whatever. Um, it kind of reminds me, and I guess this could probably be a segue into like uh, a different topic, but that kind of reminded me of when Gronk uh, was yeah. uh, in the WWE for like five minutes. After exactly. He, uh, when he, when he retired for the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's now on his like second or third retirement, but yeah, I think I remember uh, I was watching like, I think it was that WrestleMania that year. And I think it was the COVID year. And I remember yes. just watching it. Cause there was like, there was like nothing going on and he I was, was like, Oh shit, Gronk's yeah. wrestling. And, uh, but then like, I just remembered like, I don't know every, everything he did. Like, I mean, I mean, Gronk's like a, a big goofy dude. So like everything he does is going to be like big and goofy, but I just felt like his, like a lot of his wrestling moves and stuff. Like he just, he, he, he just looked kind of like awkward and like, he didn't really like belong there. He would have definitely killed it. If he decided not to go back to the NHL, he definitely had the look, he definitely had the mic skills. And yeah, man, you perfectly took us into our next segment. So kudos to that. And what I wanted to talk to you about that is I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but because it is sports night here on FFC, I wanted to talk about the rich line between NFL players that became wrestlers and in an instance, a wrestler who became almost became an NFL player. Sounds like a lot of CTE. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. CTE, baby. Now, I think going back in time, uh, the first wrestler that was started off as an NFL player was Vern Gagne. And Vern Gagne was pretty much... So back in the day in wrestling, it wasn't just WWF, WCW. What you had was pretty much like in, in minor league hockey, right? You have like the ECHL, you have the Western Conference, you have the Canadian Conference. That's pretty much what how wrestling was set up back in the day. You had territories. You had Vince McMahon Sr. He led the Northeast Territory uh, in WWWF. Vern Gagne ran the Midwest Territory in the American Wrestling Association. Uh, so that was pretty much where his claim to fame lies. He was drafted in the 16th round by the Chicago Bears in the 1947 NFL draft. Uh, wow. I don't think he really did much else there. In fact, Jesus Christ, 16 rounds in the draft. <laughs> now it's only like seven, insane. right? Yeah, yeah. Now it's yeah. Now it's seven rounds. Um, and it's crazy to think that there used to be 16 rounds back then mm -hmm. because I feel like there's so much deeper of a pool of like, Right, you know, people who play football now than than I would have sure. imagined there being back then. Um, but I guess like I guess back then they were also probably just like drafting like anyone off the streets the who plumbers. was like, willing to play. Yeah, like the plumbers and the uh, you know the plumbers and construction workers and stuff. It's so funny. I love pissing my dad off. They're just like, listen, I love like Babe Ruth. I will give my flowers too. He's one of the best ever. But like. He was facing fucking wall <laughs> drywall guys and fucking yeah, they plumbers smoked, out there. Yeah, they were, yeah th those people were like laying plaster and drywall, and like that was back when like athletes like were drinking during games and like <laughs> and like smoking cigarettes in the dug dugout. Like that was before science taught. Um, that was before like science and modern medicine like taught uh, athletes and you know sports people that like uh, you know you shouldn't do those things. So. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, like if uh, if you were to put um, it's it's kind of a silly analogy, but I mean, like if you were to put Babe Ruth in a time machine and have him face like Clayton Kershaw, I don't think you get a single hit. 
that is very interesting to think. And also with like the, just like the velocity of pitchers that, you know, their speed now, and not to mention that they're off the ground compared to what they were when they changed the yeah. mound back in the sixties. Right. So remains to be seen. Babe Ruth will still be a cane to us though. Now <laughs> the first successful NFL player that I would say that became a wrestler was Ernie, the big cat lad. And Ernie Ladd won four AFL championship games in his five years for the Los Angeles Chargers and had a brief spell with the Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Oilers. Ernie Big Cat was like one of the first black superstars in this country. Uh, definitely a beloved wrestler, definitely of our parents' generation. I think if you brought him up to anybody our parents' age, they'll know exactly who you're talking about. So I think he was definitely the first successful crossover who was actually a good uh NFL player because a lot of the guys I'm going to list they were they were like practice squad guys pretty much yeah yeah I'm actually like I decided to pull up uh, in, in preparation for this I decided to pull up this article like of uh, it's like 20 like top 20 uh, former football players who became wrestlers and um, he didn't play in the NFL but apparently Roman Reigns was on the uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets that is correct so he played some college ball. That's correct. Roman Reigns, uh, Reigns was also ball. he was also on the uh Vikings and Jaguars I'm now seeing so he was in the NFL. Yes. He, he I think he like his cousin the Rock who was also a football player. Uh the Rock right. played for the Miami one of the Miami championship teams back in the day. Definitely good in his own right. I don't think he really cut it out for the NFL. He played Canadian football for a little bit. But, you know, it's better that he didn't because we get we wouldn't have the rock that we have today because of it, but definitely right. an interesting uh, trajectory there. I think probably, arguably, the famous, most famous uh, wrestler, uh, football player, wrestler pipeline guys. One of them was Steve Mongo McMichael. He, of course, was a part of the great Chicago Bears uh, championship team back in the eighties. Uh, part of that Bears line. With the fucking rap song and everything like that. Oh, damn. Uh, unfortunately, suffering from ALS and is in the final stages of that. So we, we, send it, we send our hats off to him and anybody that is suffering from that horrible disease. But yeah, Steve Mago McMichael, another famous name. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, believe it or not, had a spell in wrestling. Not only that, he headlined WrestleMania and he fought against Bam Bam Bigelow. Have you ever seen that match? No. It's like LT in his prime. Uh, he actually did pretty good. It, it was definitely a dead era for WWF because they had to have Lawrence Taylor come in and headline a match. So that should pretty yeah. much tell everything that you need to know about that. Hey, if you if you if you go to this wrestling match, like maybe you won't go to jail. So exactly <laughs> something to do. Uh, I think I'm looking at a picture of him. Uh, uh, doing doing something to uh, uh Bam Bam Bigelow right now. He's like the uh, he's got him in like the headlock uh, and he's doing like the, the bulldog the drop. Yeah, the bulldog. He great. You you grab someone by the headlock and you run and pretty much sit forward. Yeah. So he actually did pretty good in that. And that LT jersey is fucking sweet, man. Look at that thing. I think I'm on the same website as you. Uh, Reggie White yep. was in WCW. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely on the same. Uh, definitely on the same yep. website. Yeah. Brian Pillman. Now, Brian Pillman, do you remember Brian Pillman from back in the day? He had that, uh, he unfortunately died, but he had that angle where uh, Steve Austin showed up to his house with a gun and 
the the screen went blank and the gun went off and it actually caused people to call the call the police because they thought like Steve Austin actually went to Brian Pillman's house and shot him. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I yeah. don't remember that, but I but I did hear of that. Um, and that also kind of reminds me of the time that uh, they had like um, like when Stone Cold and Booker T were beefing. Didn't also didn't Booker T play football? Booker T is I don't think he's on this list. Let me let me double check that because that is a good. Uh, you may be uh, thinking of Farouk. Farouk was on uh, the championship team, uh, the Florida Seminoles, and he's actually in the College Football Hall of Fame. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but for for whatever reason, you telling that story with uh, Brian Pillman, it reminded me of the time that uh, I think it was in like the early two thousands uh, when Booker T and Stone Cold had beef. That was like the peak of my wrestling. Oh, uh, when they went into like, the uh, early, the grocery store, grocery store, dude. And that like, was people were calling the cops amazing, and shit. Man. Yo, I went into work at King Cullen every day, hoping that that would have been duplicated. <laughs> that would have been uh yeah that would have been amazing that was great man that was a great time like any, anything with stone cold but especially that when he became like you know people are like oh comedy stone cold was just uh, a desecration to his career I was like shut the fuck up like comedy stone cold was just the fucking best man when he had this guitar playing for Vince McMahon fucking around in the back with Kurt Angle I, I love that shit so to answer your question Booker T did not play uh yeah. college ball but yeah. I think you might have been um, thinking of Farouk in that instance. Okay. Well, Bill Bill Goldberg uh, was on the. Uh, I see he was on the yes. Rams, and then he went to the, uh, and then he went to the CFL where he played for the uh, the Sacramento Gold Miners, and then I guess he went back to the NFL and played for the uh, Falcons, and then he was cut and he went to the Panthers. Yes, I believe he was on the falcons the same time as brett Favre. you can challenge me on that i'm not sure we'll just say it for the purposes of this podcast but yes he uh, at least at the very least he was on like that crappy falcons team back in the 90s when Favre was on it uh notorious welfare fucking robber <laughs> brett Favre. Yeah, why isn't why isn't the media talking about this thing that i have heard all about right man i mean like everybody in the <laughs> sports world like pat mcafee and fucking aj hawk who was Favre's ex-teammate we're just ripping him to shreds yeah and, and I, I just justice will come from him in one way or another like you know yeah. i'm not gonna fucking say that i didn't own a brett Favre jersey and i didn't think he was my favorite quarterback but i mean people change people show their dicks to cheerleaders and then become fucking villains you know yeah as, as damien always says uh kill your idols so and that certainly applies to brett Favre, at least in this instance but one thing i want to mention about brian pillman chris uh was actually a very good player for the Cincinnati Bengals. He, he he too went to the CFL, but in college, Brian Pillman had a roommate. And this roommate is a current NFL head coach. Can you guess which NFL head coach it is? Jeff Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, legendary Indianapolis Colts Jeff Saturday. No, no, it's not Jeff Saturday. Um, all right, now that was a that was a joke yes. guess. Let me um, <laughs> let me try, let me try and do a serious guess. Okay. Um, current NFL head coach, um, Nick Scariani. No, older, 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 um, older, older, older. Not too old, but older. Um, I'm like I'm just like visualizing like every NFL head coach right now. 
was it Doug Peterson? No. John Harbaugh. Oh. John Harbaugh okay. was uh, Brian Pillman's roommate in college. Which I think is well, that makes a lot of sense because uh, I'm looking at this picture of Brian Pillman now. Yeah. And he looks like a crazy person. And the Harbaugh's are also crazy people. Yes, so definitely. It makes, <laughs> it makes sense that they would uh, room together. And then, yeah, that pretty much uh, Vader. You remember Vader from back in the day? He played uh, football. He was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams in the third round of the 78 NFL draft, which is pretty good. You know, yeah, I see the uh, the refrigerator was also uh, the refrigerator uh, had a match. I think he what did he play out? Oh, uh, I I I would I would not be surprised if he played if he had it a match with, with Mongo McMichael. Yeah, that that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, I mean, I guess I guess Pat McAfee is uh. Oh man, too. dude, listen, Pat McAfee. Have you seen any of his matches? I saw the one that he did uh on SummerSlam against the other guy who used to play uh. Who used to also play for the Colts? Um, oh yeah, uh, Baron Corbin. Yeah, him. Baron Corbin was on the practice squad for uh, the Cardinals, and yes, he was also on the yeah, practice so squad and, for the Colts, which is yeah, pretty him cool. Him and Pat McAfee were uh, teammates actually uh, on the Colts, and they wrestled against each other. And I remember I was watching, uh, I was watching that SummerSlam with. Uh, I was actually like back in New York that weekend, and I was watching that SummerSlam. Uh, with friend of the program, Will Wagner. And uh, I remember telling him, I was like, oh, if this is in Tennessee, like they should be booing both of them. Yeah, for sure. But, but the people do love Pat McAfee. People love Pat McAfee. Dude, he's great. around here uh, in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. He's, Absolute he's John. From... Absolute yeah. John. Uh, dude, he really good. Really good match. Uh, if, if you have time to kill one night, look up some of his matches. He was primarily in NXT, which is like the AAA of WWE. But he dude, absolutely kills it. Just kills it in everything that he does. And sort of to wrap up our conversation here, there was one individual who became who was a wrestler first and then tried out for the NFL. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, no. <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was like, whenever I think, that's so funny, because like whenever I think of like the most the most obvious people like he to me, he's like the most obvious person for this topic as far as like yeah. football players become wrestlers or, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. I, I always thought that he, I always thought that he played football first and then went to wrestling. No, it, it's the unusual situation where I think he might've been the only one. He was a wrestler first. He was, he was an amazing collegiate wrestler, probably the best of all time. He became a wrestler, had a great, phenomenal run in his first years in WWE became the youngest WWE championship in history. And then shit kind of went sour between management and him. Uh, his last match was again, somebody that we just mentioned was against Goldberg. His last match at this time, it went very badly. He was flipping off the crowd. He knew that he was leaving WWF, but he got an invitation to the NFL combine and he did really good in it. And it led him to, the practice team for the Minnesota Vikings. That's right. Yeah. I know he was on the Vikings and mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, yes. um, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. So he was on, he was on the Vikings like practice squad or he was like with them that year in training camp. Yes. 
wasn't was that the same year that somebody on the Vikings like died? Died Corey stroke? Stringer, the heat stroke. That is a yeah. good question. Let's see. I want to say Corey Stringer died when we were in school, like elementary school, two thousand one. And then I, think, I guess Lesnar was a little earlier than. And that. it was two years later in two thousand three. But yeah, no, very, very. Uh, that would have been close comparison. No, rest in peace, Corey Stringer. Um, no, but but Lesnar was actually doing good in the practice squad. I think I could be wrong on this. I think Brock Lesnar was actually in one Madden because of this. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he's in Madden 06, which is funny. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he I probably a good shot that he would have made the team at least the practice squad for the season. Yeah, and they should I, have a uh, he got they hurt. should have a, a Madden Ultimate team card for Brock right? Lesnar. That'd be fucking awesome. But yeah, this, you know him getting hurt would be broken as fuck. Like just make him Aaron Donald. <laughs> Hundred rating. <laughs> so because he got hurt in football, he couldn't go back to WWF because he pretty much burned his bridge there. I'm sure Vince would have taken him back any minute, but he was still like, I don't want to do it right now. I want to do something else, and that led him to MMA, and then. The rest is history with that. So very interesting avenue for him. But yeah, that is our that is our list of uh, NFL players. Oh, one more person I want to mention. Titus O'Neill. Yeah, Titus. He was the one who uh, he was the the botchamania guy at the the Saudi Arabian Royal Rumble. Yes, he was, man. Yep. He played he played on the Florida Gators the same time as. uh, As uh, Peyton Manning. He was on. He was on the in the same SEC years when Peyton Manning oh, was on Tennessee. No yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that wraps up our discussion, Chris. So we have now reached pretty much the end of our episode. Before we leave, uh, are you familiar with AEW? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, I've watched it. Uh, I've watched it like a couple of times. Uh, like it's one of those things. Like I'll watch it if it's like on, and there's like not much else going yeah, on. Yeah, it's on right now. You know, it's a good Wednesday night watch. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, next to be destroyed, so might as well. So what I wanted to mention that if you know if you want to get back into WWE right now is pretty much the best time because Vince is gone and Vince was just all his shit was getting old and Triple H is really taking over. He's really giving what the fans watch. So if there's a time to get back into WWE that I would recommend, it would be right now. But where WWE excels with entertainment stuff and you know people on the mic and in ring stuff like AEW really exceeds as being like the working man's promotion like just straight wrestling uh they have really good guys in the mic too not to not to dismiss that but you know if you really want some hard hitting like more reality based wrestling AEW is there and AEW is having a pay-per-view next Saturday the 19th and that is full gear and, you know, uh, we still have tonight's Dynamite to get through, and then we have next week's Dynamite to get through. So the card isn't really set exactly, but what we're going to have is John Moxley, who is a fucking just absolute war, horse, war horse, uh, not to get him confused with the indie wrestler war horse, but in his own right, he is a war horse, uh, pretty much like Stone Cold. Not as serious, not as I want to beat up my boss, but like just this guy from the streets, he's going to fucking beat the shit out of you like Roddy Piper type. He's going to face MJF, local Long Island legend, uh, who's just pretty much like this pompous ass, probably the biggest pompous ass in wrestling today. 
but just absolutely phenomenal on the mic, dude. Sounds appropriate for Long yeah. Island. And uh, he's only like 28, and he's going to be an absolute legend in the business. So he's facing John Moxley for the championship. We have the acclaimed. I don't know if you know about the acclaimed Scissor Me Daddy S. Do I sound crazy saying this to you? <laughs> um, not as crazy as, uh, I don't know, not as crazy as us. Uh, Any other wrestling thing that. that I would say too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the acclaimed, who their manager is badass Billy Gunn. I know you remember him from DX. Yeah. So he's he's with that team. They're facing in a tag team match against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, who are fucking phenomenal as well. Uh, they're facing each other for the AEW Tag Team Championship. We have Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter in the AEW Women's World Championship match. We have Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan. Versus Claudio Castagnoli, a.k.a. Cesaro, versus Sammy Guevara. And that's a four-way match for the R, uh, Ring of Honor Championship. I don't know if you... Do you remember the name Ring of Honor from back in the day? Yeah. It's kind of like the premier indie wrestling event. So Ring of Honor kind of like went through its own shit the last couple of years. They kind of almost went out of business. Uh, but because their name is like very revered on the wrestling scene, the owner of AEW bought them. And they're kind of using them as kind of like its own thing within AEW. Uh, just as, like I said, the working man's promotion, this is like the working, working man's promotion. Straight wrestling. Uh, it has like a lot. Of, I, I would be here all night trying to explain Rig of Honor yeah. to you, but that is pretty much what's going on. It's like they, they, they now own it and it's eventually going to become its own thing, but they're kind of just like intertwining storylines just to get people familiar with the product so that when they do make the switch, people will kind of have an idea of what's going on. That's probably going to be the best match of the night. And then, yeah, we still have some other matches to go out, but that's going to be AEW full gear. It's going to be an absolute slammer of a, an event, I'm sure. And then, yeah, that pretty much ends our wrestling discussion. Uh, so, Chris, you know, what, what do you have any, like, favorite memories from back in, like, the Attitude Era or anything else you want to mention about wrestling from back in the day? Um, let me think. Favorite memory... Um, I'd say like a, a couple of memories that's really stand out to me. So um, I'm kind of I, I feel like I was kind of like I feel like uh, I'm like late to the party when it comes to wrestling, like always. And I feel like even back like when we were kids, I was kind of late to that party as well. Yeah. Like the first time I really watched wrestling, actually, um, I was on a vacation with like my dad and my sister. And um, like we were uh, we were out west and like we were in, we started our vacation in like Salt Lake city. And then we like went to like a bunch of different places. We went to like Yellowstone and stuff. Uh, but I remember being in the hotel in Salt Lake city. And I remember my dad was super pissed RIP dad because uh, like one of our bags or something like got like lost or, or something mm -hmm. at the baggage claim or something. So like he was super pissed about that. And I remember just chilling at the hotel and like uh, I was in Utah. So I was like, uh, well, I can't watch the Yankees tonight. So like, what the hell am I going to do in Utah? And uh, then I just remember like watching uh, and I just remember watching like SmackDown. Um, so that was kind of like when I was like, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to watch wrestling now. But I'd say like probably my favorite uh, two, like my favorite memories or pay-per-views from wrestling were probably back in like, I think it was like 2002 uh when like 
when The Rock was like feuding with Hulk Hogan when he first came back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then like, I think on, it was on No Way Out where uh, Hulk Hogan like drove a fucking like 18 wheeler into like The Rock's (laughs) ambulance. And then like, uh, and then they like, and then they like fought each other at WrestleMania the, uh, the following month. And they had like, they had like a big moment where they were like in the middle of a wrestling match and they like, uh, then they like shook hands and then, oh, hell yeah, uh, dude. Yeah. And then I think I remember, and then, and then I think the, the match after that triple H beat, uh, Jericho for the undisputed yep. champion. Yep. Um, yeah, that, that WrestleMania was probably like my favorite wrestling event that I ever watched. That's great, man. Yeah, dude, that, that rock Hulk Hogan match was just fucking awesome. The crowd, like. Hulk Hogan was supposed to be heel in that because he was still Hollywood Hulk Hogan from WCW, part of the NWO. But because the people were like so fucking behind him, he brought back like the fucking eat your vitamins Hulkamania the next night. So that was pretty cool to see that match. If you ever want to watch it is free on YouTube. And I would pour that to anybody like Jr. Jim Jim Ross is like peak Jr. in that match. So is Jerry the King Waller. So that is very I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it's a very good like wrestling memory to retain because it's a very good time in wwf yeah i remember um i remember i had a at the time i was like really sick i had a i think we were in sixth grade i had mono Mm -hmm. um shout out to sam darnold i had mono (laughs) and uh i remember like i had to take some sort of there's some sort of like medicine that i needed to take and uh i guess i like it it was like i think it was like tasted gross or something so i didn't want to take it Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, uh, I had ordered no way out on pay-per-view the month before and like kind of got yelled at by my mom. For oh years. yeah. I used to do that shit all <laughs> so, the time. And so my mom got pissed at me cause I like ordered, uh, no way out, uh, without her permission. She's like, yeah, don't do that again. I was like, okay. <laughs> I guess, I guess that means no WrestleMania. Um, so then like, <laughs> I can't sneak that in. Yeah. I was like, I guess I can't like sneak WrestleMania in. Um, but I, like, I, so I had mono at the time and like, there was this, uh, so some like antibiotic or something that I was supposed to take, but like, I, w- I didn't want to take it cause it just tasted like absolute shit. Yeah. So then I remember, I don't know why I remember this so like vividly, but my mom mixed the medicine like in with like this yogurt that I was eating and oh, I remember man. just like tasting like the powdery substance in my yogurt. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, did you put, the, uh, I was like, mom, did you put this, uh, I was like, did you put medicine in my yogurt? And at first she said, no. I was like, yeah, you did. I can taste it. And did you like, roofie my tricks yogurt woman? <laughs> and then she was like, uh, she was like, listen, you need to take this to get better. If you take it, I'll order you WrestleMania. Fuck tonight. Yeah. And I was just like, bop, bop, scoop bop. that shit. <laughs> it's the easiest deal ever, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's funny because I, the like, I wanted to order a pay-per-view one night. And this shit was like, dude, it, it was 40 bucks back then. And yeah. like, you know, it's 40 bucks today, but like, just think what 40 bucks was back in 98. And my dad's right. like, my dad's like, yeah, if you, if you rake the entire backyard, I'll order the pay-per-view. And like, I was a little fat kid. I did not want to do chores around the house, but dude, I fucking raked that fucking okay. backyard up <laughs> you and it was good. Single leaf in this yard. <laughs> it was, it was good too, because it was the first uh, time that Kane appeared. So very glad my fat little self was able to fucking get in gear to order that pay-per-view. But uh, hey, man, that brings us to the end of the episode. Damien and I usually like to reserve this time to uh, mention anything that you've been listening to recently that you want to give a shout out to. Um, 
Yeah, let me think. Uh, lately, I've been listening. There has a uh, so I mean, I'm not sure if it's been mentioned on the pod before, but uh, been listening to a lot of that Callous Cowboys album. Hell yeah, um, I'd Hell yeah. say that's. Uh, I feel like I don't know that I feel like there hasn't been that many like really great albums that have come out this year, and I kind of feel like that one is the album of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been listening to that a lot lately. Uh, I listened. Uh, I, I listened. To, I, I did listen to uh, Iowa by Slipknot earlier today. Hell yeah! Hell um, yeah! Classic. That was uh So that's that always that always hits the spot. Any shows you uh, uh, seen recently? Um. Yeah. So actually, tomorrow I'm going to see that band Loathe. I don't know. If oh you know fuck Loathe. yeah! They're like mm-hmm. yeah. They're like um. You know they're like heavier. They're like they're like heavier and like more genty Deftones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm That's seeing cool. them tomorrow. I'm pretty sure they're playing their whole album. I let it in and, and it took everything. Um, so, uh, very excited to see that. Um, I saw sleep token a couple Ooh, of weeks ago. Nice. Um, yeah, I actually, it was during, uh, it was the same day as the jets Broncos game, like mm-hmm. two weeks ago or whatever, or I guess like three weeks ago now, or I'm not sure when you're releasing this episode, but two or in the last two or three weeks, I, I saw sleep token, um the the show was originally scheduled for a different date it was supposed to be like on a wednesday in september um for some reason they rescheduled only this show and they rescheduled it to of course they rescheduled it to uh the one sunday where the jets were not playing at one o'clock so i had to miss like the end of that game but uh all things considered I'm very okay with it because uh, even though the Jets won that game, that that was a pretty uh, that was a pretty boring. If you had to, to miss watch. one this season, besides the well, the one the games that we lost, it's probably that one because it yeah. was literally the Brees Hall touchdown, and then that was it. Yeah, yeah, really, literally nothing else happened like the whole game. So, um, yeah, so so I was so I saw Sleep Token and was like frantically uh, updating my phone to see if we won the game um i saw the contortionists play uh language and exoplanet um i actually went to Very two cool. of those shows uh, yeah you went with mr eric olivier I, I heard yeah yeah we, cool. yeah me and eric went to that um we saw someone we saw someone get arrested in new york city on our way there hell yeah um, crime was, forever baby yeah yeah he will not be arrested now because uh <laughs> we, we live in a godless uh, a godless society crime is legal um and yeah. I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm missing something, but because uh, I feel like the shows always come in waves. It's like, uh, oh yeah, and, and then I think if I'm not too like, uh, if my ass isn't too like burnt out from going to Loathe tomorrow, uh, Pianos Become the Teeth is playing. Wow, uh, there's a name I have not heard in years. They're playing at this venue called Preserving. Uh, it's called Preserving Underground. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, it's in like some shithole town, like. Uh, called new kensington which is like a little north of pittsburgh i mean it's okay. still considered like the pittsburgh area yeah but it's like a it's like a cool it's a cool venue aside from the fact that they uh they don't serve alcohol there but they also have like um they have like a record store there and they kind of have like um they have like a shrine um of they have like this shrine and like their merch room and it's like uh, they have like a bunch of cool stuff in there. There's like a vein. There's like a vein vinyl in there, and like a bunch of other shit from like hardcore bands. Um, it, it's like a, it's an interesting place. So uh, nice. I might go see. I might go see them. Uh, awesome. 
on cool, Friday. Man. They actually came out with a new album uh, pretty recently. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Like I said, I haven't heard them in years. It's not but, uh... as good as the one. It's not as good as the one that came out back in like 2018. Um, but it's cool. Nice, nice. Well, uh, I've been listening to a lot of Billy Strings recently. Have you listened to Billy Strings? Uh, I've heard of Billy Strings. Yeah. I, I haven't listened to enough of Billy Strings. So, so he's really mainly mainly a bluegrass guy, but he jams the fuck out of everything. He covers everything from like Metallica to Jethro Tull to Black Sabbath. So you you are getting those bluegrass standards, but then he'll pull out something crazy like that. He's just he's awesome. He does it all. I'll be seeing him this Friday at the uh, at the very kingdom that we we've, we've come to know at Nassau Coliseum. So that's gonna be a sick show. Oh, nice going. Back to the old barn. This this episode will be released on Friday. So anybody, all Tanya, if you're listening and you're going to the show, come say hi. But Chris, that takes us to the end of the road. So, Chris, uh, any plugs that you wanna you wanna throw in now? Um. Yeah. Sure. Uh. I guess. Um. You know, listen listen to my podcast if you like football, if you like the Jets, um all gas no break podcast. We're on uh we're on YouTube and Spotify. Um subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um uh, we're trying to grow that. Um and you can follow us on Instagram at all gas no break pod and you can um you can follow us on Twitter at all gas pod uh, because Twitter did not allow Elon Musk's internet did not allow uh, for enough uh, characters to make the ads the same. Um, so you yeah, can follow us there. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you can follow you can follow me personally at Lack of Hustle with two E's. Um, I'm part of like a uh, I guess I'm part of like a Jets fan community called the uh, Late Night Flight. We do spaces. Uh, we do jet spaces uh, usually late at night. Sometimes at uh, Sometimes during the day, uh, but if you ever see a LNF or a late night flight space, uh, there's a good chance I'm in there. So if you want to come and uh, talk jets with uh, with me and my Twitter friends, uh, you know we'd love to have you. Awesome, man. Yeah, you know I, I have seen you guys on late at night. I've popped in to listen, so I'll have to I have to actually participate if I'm if I'm yeah, able I to. Yeah, I remember. Um, I yeah, I remember seeing you pop in. <laughs> and anytime it's funny. Anytime I'm anytime I'm in a space and I see like one of my friends or somebody know like hop into the space i get like real awkward i'm like oh shit like people i know are like <laughs> exposed watching now. nah you don't have to worry <laughs> about that dude you're on my fucking wrestling podcast of all things no, I so. know. don't worry about it no no it's it's a it's a me problem it's cool. not a you problem nice. well chris uh thank you for coming on tonight man it's, it was Thanks an absolute goddamn us. pleasure as one of yeah, my oldest friends glad to have you on the podcast and you are welcome back anytime my friend of course, and uh, same goes for you and my show. And uh, awesome, yeah. I'm hey, sure you let me know I... when, man. Come talk some more Jets, baby. Hopefully, we continue our successful run here. But yeah, no, that would be great. So, for Mister Christopher Hecker, for Damien, wherever he is in the fallen city of New York, for myself. Hope you're enjoying your free stuff. Enjoy your free Macy's, Damien. For myself, Ryan Doyle. This has been the most electrifying podcast and sports entertainment this has been f f c filthy fucking casuals okay.